Welcome to Woodland Church. Here is today's message. We are in this series. We have been exploring and looking at what is the Sabbath. And to give you a brief summary, we talked about this, about how in the Old Testament, the the Sabbath was a commandment from the Lord, but it was a day of remembering. There's this challenge out of Deuteronomy 5 where God challenges his people saying, listen, when you take this Sabbath, remember who you were down in Egypt. How you used to be slaves, but how the Lord came and how he rescued you. And we, and we, we just simply talked about, about how like that is still true within our lives. How Jesus comes and Jesus rescues us out of the slavery of sin. And how really the Sabbath day is a day of remembering who we were and who and what God has done for us. Well, this past week, we talked about some practical things, and I am happy to see that many of you retired folks came back to church this Sunday. If you missed last Sunday's, uh, I might have brought up some verses about retirement, and maybe there could have been some offense, but there wasn't too much of an offense, because you guys came back. So you guys either came back to revolt, there might be... um, Something happening after service that I just simply don't know about. Um, but we are, we are excited. And last Sunday, we did talk about more of a practical side, about this idea of like, hey, like it's a day of rest. It's a day of not producing. It's a day of saying, God, I'm going to trust you to provide for me. It's a day where we set aside our work, our labor that we use to be earning a living in this world. And we say, God, I'm, I trust you on this day. And it's really a day that, that is a real struggle for a lot of people because what is rest? What brings you rest? And I kind of challenged us for us to be thinking about that here. To be thinking about, God, like I want to be finding my rest in you. I believe that is the first and foremost. But also just what brings you rest? And I, I mentioned last week a good measuring stick, a good measuring, a way to measure am I getting rest on my Sabbath is when you go back to work, are you showing up dragging on Monday if Sunday happens to be your Sabbath? And I just kind of challenged us that the goal is for you to be restored and be rested in your body, in your soul, and in your mind. Well, this week we're going to look at one last account on the Sabbath. Um, I thought about stretching this series out further because there's so many verses and there's so much we could be talking about. But we're going to look at an account with Jesus. One last thought about the Sabbath that I believe that we can look at in our lives here as we wrap up this series. So I'm going to ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 12, starting in verse 1, and I'm going to ask you to stand this morning as we read God's Word. This is Matthew 12. Starting in verse 1. We're going to read 1 through 14 this morning. He says, At that time Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain to eat. Verse 2, But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did? When he was hungry, and those who were with him, when he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which was, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? 
Verse 5. Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what it means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Verse 9. He went on from there and entered the synagogue. And there, and a man was there with a withered hand, and they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? So that they might accuse him. And he said to them, Which one of you who has a sheep, if he falls into the pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Verse 12. Or how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out, and it was restored, healthy like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him. How to destroy him? Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word today, Father, I ask that you would come and speak to us, Lord, through your Holy Spirit this morning. Lord, that you would challenge us, that you would remind us of your goodness upon our own lives. Father, help us to live out your word this morning. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys may be seated. So there's a couple of stories taking place in this section of Scripture that we are reading. And we're just going to simply go, go through them and look at the different accounts. But the accounts are, they do go hand in hand here. And in the very first account, in verse Verse 1 of chapter 12, it says, At the time Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. So we're talking about the Sabbath day. His disciples were hungry and they began to pluck heads of grain to eat. So what we get here is we, we see that Jesus and his disciples are simply walking through a field on the Sabbath. And they're hungry. So what they do is they pluck grains from the field, and begin to eat. Now my first question, outside of what the Pharisees said, my first question was, are they stealing? Did you guys like have that thought? It's like, whose grain field is this? What's going on here? That, that was literally my first thought. And, and as I researched it and looked it up, it came out of Deuteronomy 23:25, and it says, if you go into your neighbor's standing grain, you may pluck the ears with your hands, but you shall not put a sickle on your neighbor's standing grain. So at first I thought, is Jesus and his disciples, are they stealing from this grain field? Well, they're not stealing. It's totally lawful for them to be walking through a grain field and to be picking the grain. But what day is it? It's the Sabbath day. And there's some folks that see Jesus and his disciples on this day. And in verse 2, the religious leaders have something to say here. He says, but when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. So what was not lawful about this here? Perfectly legal, out of Deuteronomy, to be picking grain, but, and I, I'm, I'm going to assume most of us are not expert farmers here, um, that most of us do not deal with grain. I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, does anyone here, like, buy whole grain still on the stock and take care of it outside of my wife where is she she's back there she 
My wife does buy bulk grain, and she makes her own flour. But anyways, I'm not going to be picking on her this morning here. But let me just give you a a quick uh, example and reason why the Pharisees were so upset by Jesus' disciples simply picking grain. As they're walking through the field, they see the grain. When they pluck the grain, or pluck the wheat... They considered that reaping. So as the, as the disciples are simply walking through this field, the Pharisees see that, wait a minute, these people are reaping on the Sabbath. And not only reaping, but rubbing it together to separate the grain from the husk was considered threshing. Blowing away the husk may well have been interpreted as winnowing. And for good measure, this entire process in the Pharisees' mind was that they were preparing food on the Sabbath. No, I realize many of us in this room don't, you know, we don't live in this culture or within this time, but the fact that Jesus' disciples were walking and picking grain, separating it, and then eating it, the Pharisees looked at it and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, they are clearly working on this day. They are clearly preparing food. They are reaping. They are threshing. They are preparing the food that is, this is not lawful. In their minds, they just saw this action and they said, wait a minute, this this cannot be. So they confront Jesus. Now for us, it's like, what's the big deal? This seems like a very, very simple task, right? I mean, really think about this. You pick up a little thing, and you just separate it, and then you eat it. Like, is that really work? But in their minds, within their laws, it was absolutely them breaking it. Well, Jesus decides to take them down memory lane. Verse 3. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, and those who were with him? Jesus brings up David right away. And I love this because Jesus knows that to the Pharisees, to the religious people, David is the gold standard. David is, he was the greatest king, he's the greatest example, and Jesus says, well, let me just bring up a past story. Let me just bring something up to you here. Let me just remind you of what David did. Verse 4, how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. So there's a story out of First First Samuel 21. David and his men were traveling, and they were starving. They were hungry. They needed food. And they come to the priests, and they only have one food, the bread of the presence, which this food by law, can only be eaten by the priest. This, this bread was not for common folks. This bread was not for David, and it was definitely not for David's men. But David and his men were in need. They were completely famished. They needed food. And the priest gave them food. And Jesus brings this up to him, brings this up to the Pharisees, and reminds them, do you, do you remember David? Remember what happened when there was this physical need? Was David guilty? 
And Jesus says, he wasn't. That, that this physical need surpasses the law. And for the Pharisees, this was... Well, Jesus decides to throw one more at them in verse 5. Or have you not read in the law how, the, how on the Sabbath the priest in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? Jesus says, look at the priests. Do you realize that when the priest comes in on Saturday, he's actually working? Somebody has to prepare the bread. Somebody has to get the offering and the double burnt offering ready. Are the priests not working on Sunday? And Jesus is really hammering this home to them. Because these religious folks, these Pharisees, were so caught up by their own law, by their own mindset, that they couldn't see beyond that. That was the issue here. He brings up David like, listen, what about David's men when they were hungry? And my men who are hungry, do we just say, sorry, you can't eat? Do you just say no soup for you on that day? That's a Seinfeld reference. Maybe I should not have brought that one up. I'm sorry, guys. If you've seen The Soup Nazi, it's an excellent episode. But it's, it's like these Pharisees, they're so caught up in their own laws, in their own rules, that they can't see beyond them. They can't see a physical need standing in front of them. And Jesus' disciples were simply in need of food. And they looked at them and they condemned them. Because in their minds, it's like, well, you're not allowed to do this. They're so micromanaging the Sabbath rules. And Jesus says this in verse 6. I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. Jesus does this, does this comparison thing here. He brings up David. He brings up what took place back then. And Jesus is saying, listen, the one who is standing before you right now, I'm, I surpass David. Somebody is greater than even the temple is standing right before you. In verse 7, he says, If you had known what it means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. That was exactly the trouble with these Pharisees, is that they lacked pity. Therefore, the hunger which plagued the disciples of Jesus failed to kindle within their hearts any feelings of tenderness to even help them. Now, I don't think anyone in this room feels this way when it comes to the Sabbath. If you see somebody at church, after church, at Walmart shopping, I don't think you guys have that mindset. I'm, I'm just going to kind of assume that. You know, if you, if you, uh, you know, run into me at Walmart buying chicken tenders or something on Sunday, and you're like, hey, like, what are you doing here? You can't be doing this. Now, I, I don't think we have that mindset. But I do think that there is a warning here for our church family. Let's look on to the second account here. The first one, they realized that there's this basic need that humans need, which was food. The Pharisees would not allow it because they could not see it. But now Jesus is going to be revealing to us at this second account here. picks up in verse 9. When he went on from there, he entered 
the, the synagogue. Verse 10, And a man was there with a withered hand, and they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him? Jesus was speaking about the needs that come up on the Sabbath. And here they are, they go into the synagogue. It's still the Sabbath day. And they look and they say, here's a man withered hand. Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? Now this question is a real troublesome for the Pharisees. The religious folks know it is always right to do good. But if they agree, if they give in to Jesus, they are, they are admitting that they were wrong. They were admitting that they weren't perfect. Now this man, we have no idea how long this man had been worshiping there. This man could have been a regular guy who they saw every single week with a withered hand. And Jesus is confronting them. Is it lawful to heal? Is it okay to do good on the Sabbath? There's no answer. Verse 11, he's going to toss one more at him. Then he said to him, Which one of you who has a sheep, if it falls into the pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Jesus is making this comparison again. like He's looking at these religious folks who are so caught up, so caught up in their rules of the Sabbath, that Jesus is like... Is it okay to do good on this day? They can't answer. Well, what if one of your sheep falls? What if one of your animals wanders off and falls into a pit? Is it okay to rescue them? Is it okay for you to grab them on the Sabbath? They don't answer. And Jesus reminds them what the most important thing is about the Sabbath. Verse 12. How much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out, and it was restored healthy like the other. Look how the Pharisees react here in verse 14. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against them how to destroy them. I've been challenging us in this series for us to be thinking about how can the Sabbath become part of our lives? How can we start to make a Sabbath a regular part of our weekly lives here? And I share this account with us today because there is danger of us setting up rules. And I mean hard, fast rules when it comes to, to the Sabbath. Because the religious folks, they had their hard rules. They were like... We can't do this, we can't do that. And, and I believe these, these Pharisees, these religious people, when they started to, to basically make up these rules, I believe it came from good intentions. I believe that, that they looked at the law and they said, God, you've called me not to work, you've called me to rest, so I'm going to try to set up my life and my lifestyle in a sense where I will be honoring you and bringing glory to you and I will be taking rest. Well, well, in the midst of that, they set up so many rules that they forgot what is so important to the Lord. They forgot about people. Their list of rules surpassed the very needs that they saw before them. 
The need for somebody to have food. The need to do good on this Sabbath. It was like they, they had their rules. They had their lists. Okay, we're going to honor you, God. We're going to do this. But then opportunity presents itself in front of them, and they go, <laughs> we can't do that because it's Sabbath. We can't prepare food that day. We can't do good that day. They had like, they completely forgot First of all, Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. But to the heart of who God is, is that it's people. And we can't let our Sabbaths get in way in what God might be having for us. And I think the real challenge here is, is that as we think about Sabbath within our own lives, as we say, okay, God, you've called me for a day of rest every single week. Lord, I want to honor you. But also we need to be open to what God might be having for us on that day. If you're taking Sabbath and you get a call that there's a need, are we going to say, I can't show up and help you. I'd love to help you move that day, but I can't lift a box. I'm not allowed. It's, it's Sabbath. You know, it's like we, we can't get so caught up into that. And by the way, if you do help somebody else move, I believe that's the most most selfless, selfless thing you can do. Helping somebody move is just tremendous there. But I, I share that because church family, I want us to be honoring God on the Sabbath. I want us to be taking a day every single week, finding rest in His presence, remembering who He is, us getting restored to our, to our bodies and our minds and our souls. But I don't want us to make our list, to set our parameters and not let and not allow God to be working on that day. I believe opportunity might be coming for you to do good on the Sabbath. And I don't want us to get so caught up how these r- religious folks were and say, well, I, I just can't do that today. I, I would love to help you. I'd love to, to make you a meal. I would love to be a blessing, but I can't because of my own Sabbath rules. God desires us to have mercy towards fellow human beings. And the Pharisees could not see that. They, they literally, they were like, these are the rules, this is it. And Jesus is reminding them, it's about the people. It's about the needs that you may see in front of you. And I would just encourage you, church family, that as you think about Sabbath, as you start to plan for it, as you start to be taking it, Make room for, for, for what the Lord might be having for you that day. There will be opportunity for you to do good. And I would say don't, don't get so caught up in your rules that we miss the people and the lives in front of us and the opportunities that we may be having to be, to be a blessing, to do good on that day. Now, I did bring this up. I wasn't sure if I was going to bring this up today, but... A lot of people, and I mentioned this throughout all of this uh, sermon series here, about the, the Sabbath day. What day of the week should we be taking the Sabbath? Now, for the Jews, it was Saturday. Saturday was their day. If you, I mean, even to this very day, it is on a Saturday. Now, I bring this up because I want to remind us once again, as you think about Sabbath, as you plan for it, It doesn't have to be on one day. 
It's not like it has to be Sundays. I think for many Americans, Sundays tend to be a, a perfect day for it because we are gathering and we get to worship. Um, but I would just encourage you that as you continuously plan for this and think about this, just to be thinking through like, okay, Lord, like what day will this be for me here each week? And just be thinking, God, I, I want to honor you. I want to remember who you are, what you've done. But God, I want to bring glory to you on this day. Lord, bring me rest. Restore me each and every week. And I really hope, church, family, that we can, we can just live this out in our lives. I realize it is not a topic that we talk about much, but I am going to be bringing it up from time to time and really challenging you each week. The Lord has, has given you a day. A day to come and to find rest in Him, to find rest from your, your labors. But He's also given you a day where opportunity could present itself. And let's not get so caught up in our list and our rules that we miss the very people that are before us here. I'm going to ask you to stand and I want to pray for us now and I'm going to invite the worship team back up and Jeff, can we can we sing that that opening hymn? Thank you. Thank you. Let's pray, Father. God, I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you for your example of your son. Father, help us, Lord, to live this out in our lives, Lord. Help us, Lord, to to see people, to see needs. Lord, help us not to get so caught up in our lists. Lord, help us to bring honor and glory to you, Lord. Father, as we sing this last song, as we proclaim who you are, and as we bring glory to you, Lord, remind us of the Sabbath in our lives, Lord. I pray this now in Jesus' name.